Welcome to the HSO Dynamics Matters Podcast. You're breaking a sonic dive into the world of Microsoft technology-related matters and much more besides. I'm Michael Lonnan, and today I'm pleased to have with me HSO Senior Recruiter, Dan Rotel. The reason I was in particular looking forward to this conversation is because I know finding and hiring talent is an age-old problem for many businesses. And given that Dan is immersed in this very activity for HSO, I knew he'd have some nuggets of wisdom that will help you. So grab a brew, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Red wine or white wine? White wine, but I'm more of a beer drinker. Fair enough. Any particular type of white wine? Uh, Cabernet Sauvignon. Okay, nice. Uh, Mac or PC? Mm, Oh, used to be a Mac person, now a PC man. University degree or University of Life? (laughs) University of Life, but I am guilty of having a degree and going through that educational process. Don't feel guilty about it, Dan. Well, you know. Personality or skills? Personality. Cool. Good, 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 good. Because you can always teach skills, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yep. So um, you're, you head up um, the development team, the, the recruitment team here, the, the, the finders of all that is brilliant about HSO from a people perspective. I am the now, gatekeeper, correct. You're the gatekeeper, yeah. And and I've talked to a lot of people um, over a long period of time and and always what comes up as one of the biggest challenges is how do you find the right people how do you find the best people? how do you find talent how do you find them and nurture them for me when trying to find talent i'm relying on my personal relationships and i'm relying on people to give me their recommendations and their honest feedback um for specific people that i'm talking to so for people who are looking for the right role for themselves it's 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 about connecting with that network and building up relationships over a long period of time so you can tap into it from a from a dynamics point of view mm-hmm. from a um from a from a, i'm trying to find those individuals it's a similar sort of thing is it is it's that whole you know understanding what the network looks like who the people and the movers and shakers are within it is that kind of thing yeah i guess, I guess um the personal relationships the recommendations that people can make you know within hso now we've got 250 people almost and um you know that's each one of those people they'll know other people that they worked with in yeah. the market so it's just about trying to you know utilize that that network as much as possible and, and leverage it and, and drain them as much as i can mm-hmm. um because that's where the um yeah the, the best recruitment comes from those personal relationships i think and from a uh, from a company perspective this did want to take ages so because we both work there um is there a almost a front to the business that you need to show or, or you know you as an organization is trying to find the right talent you want to show yourself to look like a company that you want to go and work for i'm always me personally i'm always attracted and driven to the companies that look slightly quirky that look slightly different that seem to yeah. be have something about them that's just not quite the norm yeah um, what advice would you give to those organizations that um want to create a shop front for uh, attracting talent well okay so in the past i used to work with recruitment agencies and i remember my very first job um, with a company called eu solutions great little recruitment boutique agency i was doing very well been there for about 18 months and then I was sold a dream by another company, which was on the top <laughs> floor, is at the penthouse floor where The Apprentice was filmed. Do you know the introduction of The Apprentice? Oh, yeah, yeah. Do, 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 do. And then you see Alan Sugar get out and um, he's on the top of the building. And this particular office was there. 
And I was sold by the shine of the company. It had a gold sofa and uh, I think it had a gym on the top floor. And I was sold by all of that. I was young and naive, must have been about 24, 25 years old. And it was the biggest mistake of my life. And I lasted about three months in that company. Um, oh, wow. So um, my advice would be that it's not all about the slick shine gimmicks that a lot of organizations invest in to create a facade, an okay. image. Um, for me, it's about being true to yourself and working out what your USPs are and how you can differentiate yourself. So with HSO as an example of that, I talk about that all of the time with candidates because ultimately from a kind of delivery and technical perspective, we all do the same thing. We're all Microsoft Gold Partners. Yeah. We all implement Microsoft Dynamics within various industry sectors. So how do you differentiate yourself? And the answer to that with HSO, for me, it, it, it's culture, very simply. Um, and it's it's true. It's because it's very it's very easy to sell something when you believe it yourself. And, um, you know, we've been consistently voted in the top 100 companies to work for over the past five years. But not only that, you know, we invest really heavily in the engagement and well-being side of the business. Yeah. So, you know, things like Netflix Club and Chess Club and, you know, regular yoga sessions and meditation and, uh, you know, seminars on mobility when you're at home and trying to keep active and steps challenges to see who can walk the most in a particular week. All of these types of things, they just go to kind of invest in people as more than just employees, but being part of a bigger family, the HSO yeah. family. And I think, you know, I could go on and on about this, about the ways that we do things which um, which support that um support that that feeling but um that for me is the the principal um differentiating factor you, you can't fake a culture can you you can't um, you, you cannot pretend to be something that you're not um and i think that that's where a lot of companies fail i think and it, it's been so difficult as well because I talk about culture and it's been so easy in the past because we've been able to demonstrate that by meeting up, having get togethers yeah. and parties. And I remember I got my band to play at the last Christmas. Uh, <laughs> Christmas do. Did they pay you? Uh, they did, actually. I didn't get the did money. They? The guitarist and the bass player got the what? money, not me, unfortunately. Um, but I enjoyed the gig nonetheless. But um, it's been really difficult over the past year because you're having to find um, ways of demonstrating your culture through a virtual environment, not face-to-face. -face. Um, and that's been really challenging. So we put together an engagement team, um, as I mentioned, which I'm part of as well. And it's all about finding things that can involve as many people as possible, whether it be cooking classes, book clubs, film um, appreciation societies, all of those types of things. Um, and that's kind of what we've been using. But let's be honest, nothing can replace getting back to face-to-face -face interactions, having a beer together at the end of a tough day um, and having a few get-togethers. Yeah, I guess that's a great point. And um, it, it was tough to find the right talent before lockdown when you could meet face-to-face. -face. It's become tougher now that you're doing online. Like, do you think it's, I guess you're saying that because you think it's a tougher kind of, it's diff more difficult to engage with people and get them into that culture, isn't it? Yeah, I think definitely it's tougher to to sell the cultural side of the business. But having said that, I think the lockdown has made because it's made um, working from home a more um, acceptable facet of this type of working. I think it's opened the doors up to a broader range of candidates at the same time. Yeah. So there do seem to be a few more people that we're interacting with that we're talking to that perhaps last year might have been discounted from the process purely because they didn't want to travel. And that's been really good because it includes people like, you know, young mums who are coming back to work and things like yeah. that, that perhaps don't want to travel all the time, but, you know, because they've got two young kids at home or whatever it might be. And so 
I think it, it's nice to be able to actually appeal to that type of candidate now. I think the industry is changing quite a lot. And that's a big, um, a, a really big um, uh, facet for, for HSO, you know, the diversity and inclusion piece and trying to get more of these types of people into the work. Into work. Uh, great point. And we, we started off by I asked you personality or skills and you said personality. Um, when you're trying to find the right people, even if you face to face or online, what, what sort of traits do you look for? What sort of traits should others look for in the people that they're trying to they're trying to recruit? So, yeah, for me, personality, I think first and foremost, you know, you, you've got to check the skill sets are OK. But, mm. but as you say, as I say, sorry, personality is, um, you know, the most important aspect. So what I'm thinking about first and foremost is often who's the hiring manager? You know, which person is uh, who's this particular candidate going to be reporting into? And then I look to see whether or not there's going to be a rapport between those two personnel. And um that's quite easy to tell because I've been here for three years now. I think I've developed some really good relationships with the management team and I know what each one of them like in terms of the uh, uh, the personality features yeah. of the people that we're bringing in. So that's, for me, you know, the first and foremost. You, you get a sense of that as soon as you talk to somebody on the phone, whether or not they're going to get on with that person that they're reporting into. So I'm looking for things like that. One of the key features that I look for um, and that we look for as a business is two things. It's longevity and it's loyalty. You know, when we see people that have been part of a company for five, six years, that demonstrates to me that they've stuck with it for the long term. They're not just out for themselves trying to, you know, move around from one organization to another. And if you look at HSO, we're very proud of the retention rates that we've got. You know, we hold on to people for a long, long period of time and it engenders an environment where everybody knows each other yeah. and everybody supports each other. So we want people that buy into that, um, that type of culture. What's the number one piece of advice that you would give to somebody trying to find a new talent? What's the what's the best piece of advice you could give? Um, so, oh, good question. Um, so we could talk about, there's two areas you can talk about here, which is, you know, the actual technical components of recruitment and how you find these people using LinkedIn and all of that sort of stuff. But that's a bit boring. I think any recruiter can kind of do their job. So for me, it's about finding the right personality. And um, the way you look at this is that technical skills can be taught um, and they can be taught very easily. So what you're looking for is a couple of things here. It's adaptability, um, somebody that is adaptable, open to learning new things, not overly arrogant to think that they know everything, but open to learning more things. I think that's Perfect. the key, really. People that are adaptable yeah. and open to learn, those yeah. two things. In searching for talent, it's not necessarily about using or trawling job sites or scraping LinkedIn. Rather, Dan believes finding the best talent is more successful when using the relationships and networks that you yourself have built up over years. But it's also about using the networks and relationships of other company employees. If we take HSO as an example, consider there's 250 employees. Each member of staff has their own network and their own set of relationships that can act as a source of making contact with potential new staff. And once you've identified potential candidates, it's then about aligning personalities to ensure the right cultural fit for all parties. I hope you enjoyed the podcast and it gave you some useful advice about where and how to find the best people for your business. And until next time, take care of yourselves. Mm-hmm.